0: Up this morning with the down,
1: shining
0: in. Oh. Where's the money, Lebowski?
2: Where's the money? You head? Oh, it's uh, oh, oh it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag within 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped down a cloud and fell eight miles high. I told my man on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the news, so uh you know that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I
3: do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so
4: many cuss words. What the f are you talking about?
5: Don't worry, nobody's listening
1: anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown.
4: down. Well, up, Saxon Jackson? I'm Tom tomorrow. We got Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 5. NASA Futures up 35. Big mover this morning is IBM up 13 bucks, $7.5 on earnings. Again, the straddle was uh, 7 something, so it blew through the straddle by almost a factor of 2. Uh, crazy stuff. I mean, there's nobody in the way, one way or the other, on this, this stuff moving. It, uh, I don't know. It makes, It's making me very nervous as burn around the ha- fabric of the market. But if you have long IBM today, you're not nervous. You're a very happy camper. So. We have Professor Wu. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. What do you Uh, think of your uh, buddies in Alabama trying to smoke this guy a second time today?
3: Oh, I, it sounds to me like, you know, due process.
4: (laughs) They tried to, evidently tried to kill the guy by lethal injection. They screwed it up and the guy survived. So now they're going to try uh, lithium gas Bama, or something.
3: they're killing this guy in Bama with uh, nitrogen.
4: Yeah, that's because they screwed asphyxiation. Up. Yeah, that's because that's because they screwed up the first time. They're trying again.
3: Uh well, you know, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing that says you can't be executed twice.
4: Um,
3: in in other in other religious and theological news, the yeah. Saudis are opening their first liquor store. I heard I knew that. this would be of particular interest to you.
4: Uh, I'm, I'm first of all, I'm never going to be there, but it's for uh foreign diplomats not muslims
3: right right yeah, and and um, they um you are not allowed to bring guests uh you have to take your mobile phone and lock it in a secure pouch while shopping in the store and uh each registered diplomat they've got an app that you have to register yourself on so so there's a huge black market on alcohol in Saudi Arabia and a lot of illegal imports take place through embassy smuggling. So diplomatic pouches cross borders without facing procedures. So so you know
4: So you got a pint in your diplomatic pouch.
3: That's right. I, I don't I, I I sort of wonder how that how that works and if that is if you can put that much alcohol into diplomatic pouches and and bring it in and out. But Well might, I mean if it's, a, a, it's, if it's a, pint, a pint
4: a day ought to do it for you. It's very
3: reminiscent of yeah. So so obviously there's this black market of, of alcohol being smuggled in there. So it's very reminiscent of what you saw during prohibition with in this country, where basically every possible way to get alcohol into into people uh, is is explored and, and optioned there. And you know it it it's pretty it's pretty comical, but but this is. You know, I guess they're, they're the penalties are a little
4: bit different over there, though.
3: They are, but this is this is a nod, I think, by Ben Salman, the the king, to say we're we're gradually going to, you know, we're sort of acknowledging the fact that this is going on, and we're gradually going to try to drag ourselves into a, into a more modern, a more modern world. But it, it, I just I thought it was interesting. I mean, that that kind of a move, you know, 20 years ago could have brought some very significant consequences for the uh, Saudi royal family with the Wahhabi uh, influence there in the in the kingdom and so i'm I'm I'll be very sure to see how this how this develops
4: is the um, uh, is, is the royal family over there are they the what's the term, the titular head of the church like they are in Britain
3: um, yes. Yeah, and 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 they are they are considered to be the you know I mean the one of the ways the Saudi uh, royal entity justifies its existence is as the protectors of Islam because obviously you know Mecca uh, is is located there and and um, so is Medina and so those are the you know, two of the holiest sites in uh, in Islam and and the Saudi royal family is the quote. Protector, unquote, of these sites and therefore of of Islam. It, um, you know, Islam, much like every religion, but maybe more so, places a tremendous amount of uh, value and importance on these kinds on these places. You know, it, it the religion in Islam is a is a state of mind, but but ultimately, you know, it it's it's a state of place, and that place is is. Mecca and Medina and, and Saudi Arabia um, true true Muslims as I as I understand it and I you know I flew with a, with a few when I was uh, on active duty but but true Muslims believe that the Quran can only be read properly in Arabic and that any translation is is going to be problematic and not really capture
4: the, the truth well, people would feel Allah, that if people feel that about the Bible they're not well
3: they, and they're and they're probably right. But but it's it's really interesting again to note that that Islam is very much a religion of place, and and of a particular place. And so so anyway, th- this is a justification and has been for the for the Saudi royal family. What I thought was interesting when I read about this liquor store was that the banning of alcohol sales in Saudi Arabia is relatively recent. Uh, it only it, it's actually occurred almost within my lifetime. You know, 1952, I think it, I think it was. Um, but I, I find it really interesting that they they didn't really sort of clamp down on this kind of stuff until until really mid twentieth century. You know, and Islam of course has always been has always been alcohol.
4: Well, according so, to the dude who uh, wrote the book, uh, catastrophe, who felt that the going on in the five hundreds or whatever weather-wise is what created Islam. That it is a very it's an opportunistic religion. I mean, if somebody's weak near you, it. it, it it goes from religion into secular affairs way quicker than just about any religion now. I mean, the Catholic religion maybe did in the early days, but...
3: Uh, well, well. I mean, look, look, Islam, unlike some other major religions, in- directly incorporates state rule. So so Islam establishes itself as a theocracy.
4: Well, they, if they you, take Mike Royko's uh, definition of war. They got it we want it. Let's take it. Oh, by the way, they need to be Islam. I mean, that's the justification.
3: Well, that's one of the justifications. Uh, but I, but I mean, the, the point the point is that that Islam suffers from a couple of what I consider to be serious serious weaknesses. One, there is no su- succession. There is no head of of the Islamic Church. It it, and, and it immediately as a result immediately fractured into into you know Shia and, and Sunni. Uh, segments um, and, and number two you you have uh, it, it there's no such thing if, if you're you know if, if you're a Muslim majority there's no such thing as a as a you know a, a, a secular Islamic State um, it, it, it integrates itself in as government and the requirements of the religion are such that it establishes a a ruling cadre of theologians who who then preside over almost every aspect of life.
4: Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't get. And again, this is not a. Uh, well, I guess maybe it is. But if you're Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, well, the church being Jewish, uh, you wouldn't have a bunch of people running around screaming, and yelling, with guns over their head, and Toyotas killing people in the name of Catholicism without the Pope saying, "Hey, guys, you're out." I would um, think. I mean, I mean, that's true now. Um, well, I'm talking, but it, but now is yeah in the, in the Middle Ages, but we're not in the Middle Ages anymore. The Dark Ages. No,
3: no, we're not. But no. but Islam is. Well,
4: that's what. That's in, my in, point. That's what yeah, exactly in, in my many, point. In
3: many ways, in many ways, Islam Islam still is, and and this, you know, there, there's a number of. If, I remember reading this in my political science text. There are a number of, of you know political scientists who who look at at where you know the muslim dominated countries are right now vis-a-vis the rest of the world and point to islam as <clears throat> as the cause uh, you know the stultifying uh, aspect of a of a theocratic power structure and and you know they draw parallels with what happened to western europe in the renaissance when when you finally started the power started to see the power of the catholic church being broken and and once that happened you saw this explosion of intellectual uh and economic power. what was that, that, uh, was that movie that uh
4: Sean Connery and was in and it was it had to be well I shouldn't say that it's one of the most it's probably a really good movie but it's one of the darkest most disgusting movies I've ever watched was it was it the robe or something where he was the guy was being tortured during the Inquisition and the cardinal would come by and torture everybody then he'd leave and come back again and, and people well, like, are you
3: talking about the name of the rose yeah
4: yeah yeah God, is you it know, a,
3: that that fantastic book by Umberto Eco about the
4: um, yeah, but you don't ever want to read it.
3: Well, I, I mean, I, I just I, something caused me to go back and and look at Barbara Tuckman's A Distant Mirror. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but it it's about the 14th century, you know, the 1300s.
4: Yeah, anybody the, who the, thinks the, is like, living now that somehow you've been dealt a bad blow living now, something's wrong with you compared to well, these other and times.
3: That's, <laughs> and that's what that's what you know. And I read I read a lot of different stuff, but, but one of the books I'm working through right now is a is a sort of a medieval horror story about about France in the time of the plague, and and one of the things that that jumps out at me at the description, and, and the author it's a fiction work, but the author draws a lot from Tuckman and other uh, 14th century historians. One of the things that jumps out at you when you read about what was happening then is how similar uh, the the conduct of those people wa- uh, was, or or the, the, how similar their conduct is to what uh, Hamas did in, in, when it broke out of uh, Gaza and attacked those Israeli settlements. I mean, I mean, I the first time I started hearing about you know the beheadings. And putting people in ovens and things like that, I thought, man, this is this is like medieval.
4: Well, did you man, ever watch and, *Soldier Blue*? I <laughs> mean, the cavalry charging that Indian village. I mean, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. I, 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 mean, I mean,
4: when you start stacking up stories of man's inhumanity to man through the centuries, it's really hard to find a top ten, isn't it?
3: Well, it, it again, I, I'm I'm just noting that that you that you think about when you think about that time and, and Tuckman's again, Tuckman's title was a distant mirror. So so she's holding up a mirror to something a long way away. We're really not that far from it. If you take, you know, I mean especially in certain in certain circumstances, I mean you you take away certain civic norms and, and, and cultural norms and just let people go, you know, go crazy. And uh,
4: this, this is this pe- is what pe- you pe- see. People never change. I mean, for some reason, we have not, a, a, a great part of society has elevated themselves to a, to a better way of thinking about things and treating each other, but it's, uh, I mean, for God's Yeah, say, well,
3: as, as, yeah, as, as one of my friends used to say, we're we're one, you know, we're one 15-day power outage away from the Lord of the Flies.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I could it. see, I, I certainly could see when the divisions in this country right now, and I hope we... Pull our head basically out of our behind. Uh, I I could see some some almost totalitarian, totalitarian takeover here. An awful lot of people love the fact that that Trump says he's going to be a dictator for a day. Now, how do you be a dictator for a day and turn it off at twelve o'clock at night? I mean, it's it to me. I
3: don't know. I don't know, but he could.
4: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm saying it's 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 one of those things where there were times. Tom, Tom,
3: look at the. I I want you to. uh, I, I know you don't, you don't read the journal necessarily, but I mean, I don't know if you saw Kim Stossel's editorial talking about that survey, that uh, that that this group headed up by a guy named Rasmussen, not the Rasmussen group. I mean, it, but, but but a survey expert did of one thousand of the one percenters in the United States. Did you see that poll? No. No. I can't believe you guys haven't talked about this. So so this this.
4: Well, you could have sent it to assumed, us. Pardon me? You could have sent it to us.
3: Well, I, I don't have access to the to the journal, but I'll pull it down. I right. just assumed you guys would be talking about it because it fits into it what you and I have discussed many times. But it, it's basically a survey of people who this guy characterizes as the 1%, and they do fall into that category. There are people with postgraduate degrees earning more than $150,000 a year who are living in an urban density population center so so that that falls into this one percent category and and the political attitudes that are reported there are unbelievable but but they go exactly to what you and i've talked about in terms of why people like donald trump are are getting are are getting noticed and getting you know getting support so for example something like eighty percent of these people believe that the government should impose mandatory restrictions on meat consumption like use of electricity gasoline but not for them but not for them well that's that's the point non-essential air travel they believe that there's too much freedom in the united states and that people are allowed to say too many too many things um they believe that uh i, I mean it's it's the most anti they they believe in big government they think joe biden's doing a great job they believe in uh, you know bigger government and the government should impose more. I actually on think that uh,
4: if you actually look at the performance of the government while he's in there, maybe despite him, it hasn't really made a whole lot of mistakes. I don't think. I mean, I'm saying I'm not saying any of these ideas are his, and I'd love to see somebody else be running, not well, him. But well, I, if you
3: want, if, if if by mistakes you're you're eliminating or excusing. The, the greatest attempt at suppression of freedom of speech in the United States that I've ever experienced. That's been
4: that's been ongoing now for how long? No,
3: no, it hasn't. And 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 you need to go back and read Schellenberger and uh, Taipi. Okay, but and, I'm saying I, I I
4: this has been going on for a long time, Lou.
3: No, it has not been going on for a long time. This this, this is, is a not, two, this is a two you, and
4: a half year phenomenon. I don't the, think
3: so. What the web? The web I, it, it, the explosion of it is—I don't know what you know—the attitudes have probably been there for a while, but, but the the capacity for the government to come in and and do the most repressive things that you and I can imagine. Um, the integration of law enforcement uh, focused against the enemies of the state of Joe Biden. Uh, the suppression. Uh, I, I, there, there's there's a million every things, every anyway.
4: every time. Anyway, I don't want No, just listen to me for a second. Joe Biden's doing a good job. No, no, just listen to me for a second. And this is part of, as you know, my theme, is people on the show fight one side against the other. Every single time they're in the last five, six presidents, they've pushed forward on what they what they can get away with. Every single person, including Trump, including Bush, with, with Cheney and the other guy. They push forward and what they get away with. And every single time, they seem to be able to get away with more. They push the boundaries, and every president comes in. I didn't even know an executive order existed four presidents ago. I mean, this, it's reaching the point where, yes, whoever it is has decided they're doing all this stuff, or the people behind them are making these massive changes while they're in office, and they have no right to it. the way I look at the Constitution. It's getting worse and worse every single president. Pushing their stuff—that I don't know how, where the hell they think they people want to do that. But it's
3: here here is the issue: you you basically got you've basically got a survey, and I'll I'm going to email this to you right now. You basically got a survey that that effectively says a this particular group of people who are doing well economically and are at the top of the food chain with this, with these characteristics because, and, and they weigh, they, uh... Well,
0: but you're, you're applying their are Democrats. They, oh, they, why do you no, say I'm that?
3: Not. No, I'm not. All right. They wield an outside, they wield an outside influence, or an outsized influence in our culture, our politics, our legal areas. They have a radically different view of the country. And and the role of government.
4: I'm going to say, and Lou, they seventy percent of the rest of the population Okay, but I'm going to say they, because they are of this generation, which I don't even recognize. This generation, they have an, an incredibly inordinate view of themselves, of how much better they are than everybody else, and all this other stuff well, just flows from it. So I got I it?
3: got news I got news for you, you and you'll you'll get this, um, the. I'm going to try to phrase this delicately, people who are economically successful and stupid, or who lack introspection, automatically assume that their success in life is the result of them.
4: They have no their idea their that they were efforts. born. In, they have no idea they were born on third. Lou, they thought they had a triple.
3: That, that, that's right, and so they assume they assume that because they well, I mean, even if they've worked hard. They assume that because they've got economic success, this gives them, this makes them smarter, whatever, than everybody else. And they assume that this is the way things are supposed to be. They've, and, never, and, they've
4: never had a, a, when I say a job, they've never had a job where they've had to work with other people of different classes. That's why my, my, my stepfather, I, you know, I don't know if he was still alive, and he was kind of an odd duck in many ways, but he was also really a bright guy. He said the best thing that ever happened to him was was uh, was going into the army, even though he was in there for a little while. Because what what, what happened to guys? He was he was very young for World War II, so I'm gonna say he was.
3: Well, I mean, Tom, this is this has been going on. So so when the all volunteer force came into effect, and and I don't, I, I think I was the last. I believe I was the last cohort to have a draft lottery number. So I was I'm, I'm my my birthday was drawn. I think my lottery number was something like three forty nine. I was already. That's about what mine
4: Air was. Air I was like three fifty.
3: <clears throat> I was headed to the Air Force Academy. Anyway, so it didn't matter. But when we transitioned to the all volunteer force, you had a bunch of guys, and and I remember reading this as an eighteen year old and thinking about it because it, it it mattered to me. You had a bunch of people saying, look. We understand why we're switching to an all-volunteer force, and the draft is problematic. By the way, you know the you know the reason that the draft ended is because we cut the Nixon cut the deferments, and when he came in, he he stopped most of the college the college and marriage deferments, put that lottery system in. And well, but he, there, he, was,
4: there was a deal with that because that was my year.
3: Well, I'm I'm just the deal I'm was
4: you, you you didn't get a deferment anymore, but. That year would have been my year. You wouldn't have gone to Vietnam.
3: Well, I'm I'm, I'm saying that when the lottery, when the draft lottery started, those deferments disappeared, and, the, and those deferments had started to disappear earlier than that. But those deferments disappeared completely when that lottery system started, and and the all of a sudden the sons of the elites <clears throat> were now in the crosshairs, and and the first thing that happened was we got to get out of Vietnam and that that was a huge push on that and the second thing that happened was we got to stop the draft the draft is interrupted because because my son is going to be going to harvard next year and if his lottery number comes up he's going to have to serve two years and that that's not i'm not going to go with that he's going to he's going to suffer in those two years and that really was the attitudes of the of, of the elites uh james fallows writes uh, writes a fantastic essay on this in national defense um, uh, 30 40 years ago almost now where where he talks about being in the draft deferment line in in Boston with a bunch of his Ivy League buddies uh, and they know they know they've got deferments because their family has his friends with doctors who will say this kid's got a hearing loss, this kid's got an eye problem, this kid's got a foot problem. and they look over across across the, the uh, inductor, the processing room and on the other side are all the kids from South Boston who who don't have doctors for friends and who are who are going in and they're going to NAM and they all know it and they look across the room at the at the sons of the elites who, who aren't. And Fallows fellows said a a fair draft would, would eliminate that inequity. But to go back to your original point, one of the things that everybody talked about when, when we eliminated the draft was the fact that we had eliminated or we were eliminating one of the really truly democratic aspects of, of our of our culture, and one of the things that that really brought people into contact with people from different classes and different lives, and and I will I will vouch for that personally. Um, the academy I didn't get to see it that much. I definitely did once I was on active duty, but my kid, my oldest, who was who was uh, enlisted in the Air Force, he. When he went in, I mean, one of the his his letters and and messages back to us were remarkable for the well, for the insight that, that they showed, but but also just he just commented. He said, "I I suddenly am in the middle of a much different kind of class of people, and and not just one class, all types of classes." He goes, "There are very few people like me, you know, kids coming out of out of the the wealthy." Chicago suburbs with with you know a well traveled background and all this, there aren't a lot of people like me floating around here in the in the enlisted ranks. And and it it really brought home to him how how lucky he had well, been. Well it as stays a kid.
4: with you, I think, your your whole mm-hmm. life. I mean my stepfather, like I said, he was an Irish guy from Marquette Park. So you would have put the tag on him since what, they threw a brick at Martin Luther King in Marquette Park that everybody there was just, you know, some sort of a bigot of some sort. And yet Afterward, years later, you'd see him, his accounting department. I don't, I don't even, I don't know how he found Arabs back then. He had, had every every conceivable type in there. He goes, I don't really care what they look like, what their religion is. They show up, they do their job, and they all get along. What's what's the problem? I'm like, okay, then. Well, yeah.
3: So so so, you know, I, I just sent the article to you and Greg, so Greg can Greg can look at it on the break, um, and, and 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 you can too.
4: So we have, um, We're going to. Greg's going to give us a complete report. That we're telling me. He
3: can. Greg, Greg. Greg can. Greg can synopsize it much more. Much more succinctly than I can. Or me, and of course. Yeah. N- anybody. Anybody could. Um, in any event, that article points to exactly the kind of disconnect that you and I have talked to yeah. forever. And and really, <clears throat> in retrospect, I I wish we had some kind of draft because because a couple of things would would be happening um right now i mean for one thing the military would not be having problems meeting its recruiting goals and and it and it is it it is because a significant cohort of of the population from which the military has traditionally drawn its its most ardent supporters and its most effective you know its most effective members has basically said we're not coming anymore
4: i would uh, i would yeah. do more of a well, a national service thing where you could choose one or the other, where you could, you have some sort of a basic training, but then you can.
3: I mean, I mean that would be, <clears throat> that would be great. But but you know as well as I do that the most effective way to bond people together is to make them suffer together.
4: Well, I'm talking about. And, I'm, I'm not talking about no four week boot camp for everybody. Anyway, we have the, I like the part where we give Greg an assignment. <laughs> we can't be sleeping over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, SP I don't, Futures I don't up. Think Greg, no, no, he's out of slavery.
3: Based on based on how quickly Greg uh, chimes in when uh, when we mention certain subjects, I'm, I know he's not. Uh, oh, he's not
4: without it a days. doubt, he's a. Uh, the only problem with Greg is he doesn't he doesn't think he, he he should participate more. And I keep telling him, for God's sake, you, you should. SP Futures up three. Nasdaq Futures up twenty four. Be right back. Stocks and jacks.
2: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox.
4: Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, That they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. Hello, and welcome back to Station, Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Uh Greg Pappas on the board. S and P futures, we're only up three now, and as ofers up twenty five. We've got the GDP re- report coming out uh, today at uh, seven thirty, so we got we'll be watching for that. Um, we also have uh, the, the PCE stuff coming out, which is all part of it, because they're going to go. They're going to give you the, uh, essentially the net number, which is really the gross number the, um, dropped down by the PCE. So the, the simple simple formula is if the GDP goes up 5% in gross numbers, uh, some of all goods and services, and people feel the inflation rate is 2, then your net number is 3. Because, obviously, if the, if you raise the price of the, the car 5%, <coughs> and you sell 3% more cars, you actually sold less cars uh, than you did the year before. So, we're trying to get some sort of a handle on that. Uh, I don't believe the numbers... I mean, I think part of what Lou and I are talking about, but I think every every... President really since Kennedy, and there, there's an article that I somehow lost that talks about every single president really since Kennedy has found a way to cheat on the numbers, and I think it's becoming a national sport for who's ever in power, and it's not Democrat Republican. It's just who's ever in there. I seem to disdain the most because he say he takes it to a new level, and this guy is taking the money supply where he won't tell you every week, but other people are getting the number, and they're they have a better view on trading than I do, unfortunately, but. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just another nagging sort of thing. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up. Oh, I forgot to mention IBM is up uh, 12 bucks. They came out with uh, good. Their earnings weren't all that great, but the uh, uh, their outlook going forward was really pretty good. So it's up, it's up like twice the straddle. Uh, DAX down 73.4%. These guys have been uh, bullish lately, but not as bullish as us. So this is kind of surprising. They're down this morning. FTSE down 10.2%. CAC around down 365 ECB is going to have their rate decision today as well, or today or tomorrow. Uh, Nikkei up 9, call that flat. Hang Seng back over 16,000, up 312, uh, it's 2%, 16,211. Uh, uh, remember, the Chinese government is saying that they're going to find a way to put $500 billion in the market, so it uh, better go up at least a little bit. Shanghai up 85, 29,06 will back up over 2,900. Be interesting to see how long that will last. Yesterday, Dow was down 99, S&P up 2. NASDAQ up 55. We really uh, we were up pretty good, and we slunk down pretty good in the last half hour. So I don't know what that means. Uh, bonds un- un- uh, down one basis point, 4.17. Uh, the Bund up two basis points, 2.36. Japan up 3.76. So Japan has come from maybe 0.6 to 0.75. Doesn't seem like much, but for them, that's a lot. Uh, oil up 86 cents, 75.95. Again, we're trying to push out of this range, or at least be at the the top end of this new range, one or the other. Run up 81 cents, 80.85. Natural gas up 23 cents, 287. Arbob up 2 cents, 223. We've got gold uh, down a $1.80, 2014. Again, it's gold's been doing lousy lately. Silver up 3 cents, 22.92. That's been doing lousy as well. Copper unchanged, 388. Uh, we have Bitcoin, which has been getting mashed. Well, it's up a little today, but it's under 40,000. 39,862 was 46,000, I'll say 10 days ago. Um, we have the U.S. dollar, which, again, has been up and down all over the place. Right now, it's pretty much unchanged. In fact, it is exactly unchanged against the pound, and it's down slightly against the Euro 108.9. A lot of stuff. Greg, what do you have for us traveling with sports? Not much Chicago sports, except the Hawks lose again.
1: I got some. Morning, um,
4: everyone. 6.38
1: here in Chicago. 36 degrees now, damp and foggy. Today, it doesn't change much. 40, cloudy. It looks like we're out on fog. the moors, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's see, Phoenix, 51 right now 64, partly cloudy today Traffic, inbound Kennedy from Montrose 13 minutes, inbound Edens from Lake Cook, 32 minutes Eisenhower from Wolf is 38 minutes Dan Ryan, 95th to the interchange, 21 minutes And the Stevenson from 294 to the Ryan is 32 minutes Sports, Suns beat the Mavs That was in Dallas, 132-109 Hawks got spanked That was 2-6 against the Kraken Ouch uh, NCAA men's ball, number 10, Illinois. They lose to Northwestern. That was 91-96. And number 14, Marquette beat up on DePaul, uh, 86-73. That was here at Trust And in the NCAA uh, football to the NFL, the big news was Harbaugh hired in L.A. And that's all I got, Chief. Back to you.
4: Oh, is he, as uh, my Notre <coughs> Dame buddies cynically said, is he, uh, <coughs> is he Paul and uh, Pete Carroll, one one head, one step ahead of the sheriff. You think, Lou? Probably. Lou, what uh, do
3: you think? I don't. I, I mean, are there are there any rules being enforced by the NC two A anymore? Um, I'm thinking, no. <clears throat> <clears throat> so probably, probably not. I, I wanted to, I did want to talk about the confluence of several of your favorite subjects: the National Football League, antitrust, and mercantilism. Uh, in a case that is going to go to trial, I think right after the Super Bowl, it's the Sunday Ticket uh, litigation. So the NFL, the NFL is being sued by—it's uh, a class action lawsuit by attorneys representing about 2.4 million.
4: Lou back numbers. up a second. Is this, is the uh, what you have to do to be called a class? Is that has that been evolving over the last decade is it, it's harder to become well, a class it's now been, or the same's
3: been pretty it's been pretty standard since rule 23 was adopted in the federal rules okay you have to have a common common interest uh, or a common legal issue that that runs through all the all the plaintiffs and uh, you have to have a it has to be a, a, such an interest that uh, there's no more efficient way of disposing of it than consolidating everybody into one one big group so so this big group is made up of residential households on one part of the class and bars and and gambling establishments that yeah. want to show that want to get access to a pro uh, something called nfl sunday ticket which is a is a licensed um, package of games that the nfl distributes to to well they've distributed it to, to Google and to a couple of other places um, but basically it allows you to watch uh, watch games that are out of your normal broadcast area that are being broadcast for free and the Sunday ticket package is restricted they, the NFL exclusively licenses it to several groups <clears throat> and these, these bars and uh, residential members are coming in or their lawyers are and saying that's a restraint of a restraint of trade the NFL won the case a couple of years ago uh, on, on summary judgment. The judge said, "You know, there's really no issue here." The NFL wins; it's its product. It can it can make these distributions. Uh, Court of Appeals uh, flipped it, I believe in uh, in the Ninth Circuit, flipped it, which which immediately, in my opinion, makes it the ruling suspect, and it, it may get overturned ultimately by the Supremes. But in any event, the case. Why is, is, there, why is, there, a,
4: is there a liberal liberal judge there?
3: The Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit is is historically uh, overruled, probably more. I think more than any other any other court of appeals, uh, just just historically, because they take they take stupid positions. Um, and so and so, this case is going to trial. But it but it's it's an interesting. It, it'll it'll be really interesting. I mean, it's a six billion dollar damages case. But basically, what it what it could do if if. The jury finds that there's an antitrust violation here and it holds up through the post-trial motions um, y- you literally could have the situation comparable to what well, well, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be a I jury all, be a, hold it let me, let me yeah. finish the NFL teams the NFL teams will be able to individually you know it basically breaks up the the ability of the NFL as an organization to to market uh, these individual games and individual teams could end up with the authority to handle their own marketing and distribution of their own games, which which would, I mean, that, that would completely alter the landscape of, of NFL uh, of NFL revenue sharing and a bunch of other things.
4: Well, when they...
1: but the Supremes can overrule.
3: But the Supremes could ultimately overrule it. I'm just saying about you. Know, what what the situation now is that the NFL the, the NFL's ability to control its product is is at risk. A, as a group. Wasn't
4: These that teams. when they were allowed going way, way way back, Lou, when the AFL was allowed to merge with the NFL, wasn't that the one thing they were allowed to do was to market collectively? They didn't get the rest of the antitrust exemption like baseball has, but that's the one thing I thought well, they were granted.
3: Yes, and and then and then they they dodged they dodged the antitrust bullet again with a collective bargaining
1: Sorry. Wait, what are you Hello. <laughs> that was the Supremes. Sorry.
3: <laughs> oh, that was the Supremes. Okay, got it. I I'm not good. I'm not good at recognizing songs after like two notes. So, sorry. Um. Yeah.
4: Give and take. The Supremes. Yeah. Um.
3: And, and that uh, all I can think of now when I hear that music is those giant hairdos. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. The the. So so literally, I mean, this this makes some really interesting sort of questions about what happens if the if the NFL loses. First of all, 6 million dollars is nothing to sneeze at. So I mean, in the DoD that's just walking around money, but in the NFL that's a big deal. So that's a that's a lot of money, but if you if you sunder the NFL's control over the marketing on these games and make it individual teams with responsibility, you you essentially create the same problem that the NFL has been dodging ever since it put the uh, salary cap system in place and and that is big market big market teams can can suddenly amass all this money and so you're if in fact this happens the revenue sharing provisions of the CBA are going to have to be rewritten which will frankly allow the players union i think a little bit more leverage in terms of what they what they do but but you know imagine imagine green bay trying to compete with with Chicago in terms of marketing. In terms of market share.
4: Maybe, uh, maybe the listeners fully grasp what you're saying here. The right now the NFL controls like all the all the quote marketing, but every every local team is on free local TV, correct? So what correct. what what's essentially the bitch? This is my question.
3: Um, well, if you're a bar, okay, and, and this, this, was, this was put together by a, a large consortium of bar owners, and they, they grabbed the residential people as an afterthought. But if you're a bar, you want to be able to, to pull in games that are just a, that are available outside the scope of the free broadcast area. And right, it, but that's it's when big, they all
4: buy the NFL package.
3: Well, that's the Sunday ticket package. Whatever, yeah. Okay. So, so, but, but if you don't subscribe, for example, to YouTube... Or you don't have, you don't subscribe to one of these other services, you can't get that package.
4: You well, can't go the, in and just. There was a change. I don't know if this is part of the suit, but that 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 package was only available on Direct TV.
3: It's not anymore. I know. They've so because like the
4: the Tripoli, I know something about this, but Direct TV was very good. Nick was able, to, who runs the Tripoli, was able to get. Like the uh, the Eastern package, so he has all the it's a Boston bar, so he has all the Boston games and Boston College and all that stuff. Direct TV, you were supposed you were able to get all these packages. So now well, now when the TV stopped the NFL package, he not only has to go to YouTube, he has to go to you know Prime Plus, he's got to go every place else in the world, and is and he's probably not happy about it.
3: Right. Well, the argument the argument is that the way that the way the NFL has structured its business deal again, which is only available on DirecTV, but now carried by YouTube TV, um, they're they're alleging that the way the NFL is marketing this has artificially inflated the price, which which
4: violates trust law. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, in, when in, you're a so, monopolist, everything you do is it well, inflates the price, right?
3: I mean, I mean, I, my take is, but they're selling an exclusive package. It's their product. They can they can. You know they can sell it, but but you anyway the the argument the the ultimate impact of this is potentially severing the NFL's ability to control the distribution of its of its uh, games as as an entity, so that that the right to sell those games then de- devolves down to the individual clubs, and if it if it does, you know that this is this is the nightmare that that the NFL, as I said, has been fighting for the last you know fifty years, which is I've got to keep. I've got to keep Green Bay, Wisconsin, competitive with New York or Miami. I've got to keep Minneapolis competitive with Chicago. I've got to keep KC, Mo. They don't have any uh, problem
4: com- com- being competitive with the Bears. Just saying. I,
3: I'm, I'm just saying, if if Green Bay, if Green Bay's revenue stream is tied to the size of its market, Chicago will, you know, will overtake it.
4: Well, you also have the, you also although, the, although, the Yankees. I think you have to
3: get. I think you got to get rid of the Bears ownership before. Well, but, that but you have
4: to. You have to play somebody. I mean, there's some logic to this. I mean, I mean the, the Yankees just can't come in and be, and be the gold Trotters against the Washington Generals every night. But
3: but but in many ways they were Chief. The oh yeah, 1870s, oh not a doubt. Yeah. You know, and 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 and
4: the Dodgers,
3: the Dodgers are heading that way right now. I, I just you know the NFL the, the great the great secret of the NFL has been the shakeup in in teams and um, you know the, the every year starts all over again. Uh, everyone has a has a a reasonable shot, if not a if not a fair shot, at least a reasonable shot of getting to the playoffs and maybe getting you know getting into them. I mean. That's what the NFL has pushed. That's what the collective bargaining agreement is aimed at. It's aimed at capping the economic advantage of places like Miami and LA, uh, vis-a-vis teams like, you know, the Packers or the Vikings or
4: the Chiefs. Well, so, ba- so, baseball, until free agency happened, it, it, they sort of did that with the bazillion, the way, the way they control their people, in the bazillion rounds in the draft.
3: Well, that's that's right, but but baseball and, and baseball now is facing the issue with its luxury tax, not not uh, deterring clubs with a lot of money from from going after, you know, people and assembling a super assembling super team.
4: Some of the stuff though, Lou, I one of my one of my friends who, I don't know, he, I don't know if he knows any of the Bear people. or Everybody, he, he hangs with people that know all the people in the Bears and are investors. He knows so a
3: guy. He knows a guy who knows.
4: He knows a guy. And one day somebody one of the fans was saying, "Man, I can't believe that the bears like lost the share and he goes, "Do you really think they give a crap the, the 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 worst team is making so much money it doesn't matter I mean you know you, there there's degrees of this oh man, the bears the bears can't name the stadium they're getting screwed, okay, so instead of making one hundred and eighty million dollars, they could be making two hundred i mean there's there's only a certain amount of tears I can shed for that well."
3: Uh, yeah, but but from the Bears' perspective, and from the perspective I think of most other owners, you know, the idea is to make the idea is to make as much money as you can and maximize it out. I I think uh, you may well be right that the that the Bears' ownership just all they care about is hey, are we in the are we in the black this year? If we are, then we don't. If they're don't if they're not if they're not in the, the black by one hundred
4: and sixty million, somebody's doing somebody's gambling somewhere.
3: Well I'm just saying if, if, if all they care about is, is you know are we in the black for what we're doing if we don't care about the product if people keep coming and supporting us and we don't care about the product we put on the field well then yeah I think I think you've got some well, I think, they,
4: I, think I, I think they all care but you know some are better than others at it I mean uh, well, I,
3: I think I think it's more a factor of, of just judgment and and you know you and I've had this discussion yeah. several times when you look at teams that have failed, for for decades, like the like the Redskins or the Bears or some other outfits, and, and you look for the you look for a common denominator, and the common denominator is the ownership, which is which is selecting and hiring the GM and the coaching staff. I think a
4: lot of it has to do with them letting selecting people and letting them do their job. Could could could
3: well be, but that's a function that's a function of ownership as well. When you look at the, I mean, uh, I mean everybody's everybody's pointing at the Lions right now. I mean I saw the Lions owner interviewed last night. I watched her talk, and you know what she you know who she reminded me of. She reminded me of Jim Finks, who I think is was was the one of the greatest general managers in NFL history, and and who demonstrated time and time again that that he could build a, a football club. And, and if, left, if left to his own devices and, and his own, uh, you know, his own style, he, he built champions. And, and the, the classic example of, of what happened what happens when your ownership starts thinking, as you said so eloquently, that they, they were born on third base and, and, you know, they think they hit a triple with, when they were born on third base. The the Viking ownership could not bring itself to to deal with a guy who was really good, knew what he was doing, and and simply asked for some compensation for it. And and so that's why he left. And then he comes to Chicago and he builds a Super Bowl champion there. And he was on his way to building a Super Bowl champion in New Orleans when he tragically you know passed away from cancer.
4: Right. Maybe. And um, I I know his son a nice guy. He put a trade on the SIBO.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a, you know that, but but again, it takes a particular type of owner to be able to recognize that talent and to keep it around long enough to make a difference. Well, New New England, Kraft, Kraft was Kraft was the, you know, I think it's a lot of credit for putting up with Belichick and all the craziness there, you know, Spygate and the rest of it. Um, They 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 recognized that they recognized they had a they had a player a guy who a guy who knew how to utilize the talent they had around him I, I I just think in, in any event to go back to our, our discussion I, I think that what could happen as a result of this lawsuit is is a basic restructuring of the NFL in terms of its its so going so why obligations.
4: would I what I mean the, the local team the, the part I don't get about this uh, the, the, the local team what what would be the bears bitch about their 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 team and t v anybody in chicago can watch it on free t v that's never been an issue why why i mean i don't see how the i can see how you go after the n f l but i don't see how the local teams would want to break apart i mean what why why do the bears care if if the triple tap has to pay a uh youtube t v versus direct t v
3: well if the bears i mean i don't i don't know if the bears care right now, but if this decision comes in, and and the NFL is not allowed to market its, uh, its, its games in these kinds of packages, and the right to do this devolves then to the clubs, you know, if the Bears now can say, you know what, we're going to put a Chicago Bear package of, of games together, and if you're living in L.A., and, and let me tell you, having, having been in L.A. at a Chicago Bears bar, on a a Monday night football game. Um, If you're a bar owner in in areas where you've got lots of Illinois expats, and frankly, the state government of Illinois is doing more to create Illinois expats than I ever thought possible. Um, You're living with a bunch of Illinois expats. you, You want the ability to get to those games and you want access to them. And I don't want to have to go through Google or whatever or pay the artificially inflated price well mean so I, I guess repairs, i don't, I, I, I don't know how big
4: of on. an issue I, mean, I should I could ask Nick I mean he would tell me but um not having the package on direct TV which everybody I use the term was used to um is this much more difficult I know they're I know they're pissed off when they got to go get apple or something like that like for a cub game and things because it's like hey yeah, I just bought all this stuff and now I need more uh, Well, I mean I don't I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know how much more of a problem it is. I mean, I, I know it. It's a big issue. I'm, and I'm not,
3: I'm not saying it's a problem. I, and I'm not saying the clubs are. The clubs are not clamoring for. This. I would
4: say. I would say last Saturday was just, more of a problem.
3: Just, this is. This is going to be. This is going to be a potential outcome of the litigation. And so I said the clubs aren't clamoring for it. The NFL certainly isn't. But this could be a potential outcome of the litigation. And if it is, you know, the NFL is going to have to do some scrambling to restructure because because the the potential damage from big market teams like the Bears or whatever being able to sell their own games individually and reap that benefit individually is very quickly going to start, you know, making a, a, the NFL. Well, have I, some I guess have what, what I'm what
4: I'm what I'm missing this though is I don't. Yeah, you know, again, I'm trying not to be obtuse here, but the Bears—if somebody wants to watch the Bears in LA. They get the NFL package if they're a bar, or and they get it through whoever they have to get it through. Is right. there? Did the they do the same thing with the with the uh, with the jerseys? Doesn't everybody, doesn't everybody share in the jersey revenue?
3: Yeah, well, they do right now. I okay, mean, and, and 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 so so the NFL the NFL distributes the revenue from these direct Sunday ticket packages to to all of the clubs. This this lawsuit potentially breaks that up.
4: All right, so I, I guess I, I can't imagine one of the McCaskies saying, "Boy, if we could find a way to get bear games to these bars in L.A., that's going to be more for us than our share of the NFL package." I don't know. How you'd even make that calculation.
3: I I don't know either. But what would what the Bears would be confronted with is let's put let's package our games, the rights to broadcast or watch our games uh, in a in a, a system that or a, a, an economic uh, arrangement that allows broadcast rights to be to be sent out to you know twenty five thousand Chicago bear bars. You know, you know what I, um, you know what I absolutely keep country. thinking
4: about while you are saying this, Lou. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Kevin uh, writes he says Jerry Jones would love to do it because he thinks Dallas is a oh, much yeah. bigger draw. But you know, I keep thinking about this is back when at in, in, in Notre Dame there was this bar, Samaris that had a. Uh, we had a, t- a, a big antenna that could get the Chicago games from the Bulls and the and the Hawks. So we t- three nights a week we're down there drinking beers and eating meatball sandwiches, listening to Hawks and the Bulls. I gotta believe that today somebody'd be after the guy for, for grabbing it off the free TV from further than he was supposed to or something.
3: Uh, anything, anything is possible. Um, I have to run to go lead my workout group
4: this morning. What are you working out at? Uh, what's gym the, I don't know, but what's the? Are you doing Pilates? Or are you doing? Army Pilates. training? What are you doing? I'm, I'm no. axing.
3: We're picking up iron, man.
4: Okay, your yeah. army, you're doing. A, what, what are you working?
3: You know, to, to quote that growth is a great book by uh, uh the Washington Post sports writer uh, Tony. Uh, what's his face? Pumping irony. We're pumping okay. irony.
4: So, what are you working? Traps, lats, quads, pecs, Every, everything. Okay.
3: No. Time, time to go sweat. Oh God, take anyway, care of yourself. SP futures. Talk da- to you later. Talk to you next week.
4: Down a buck. Nasdaq futures up seventeen. Be right back for Dan Janitas. A lot of stuff going on here with the Fed and everything else. We're trying to figure out where we put. We have a lot of people, as we've been talking about. We have a lot of people here that do some fixed income and some other stuff, and uh, a lot of people are doing the shift. And Dan's been really helping out with his advice. Uh, uh, anyway,
2: we'll be right back. Stocks and jacks. Stocks, jocks, Jackson Jackson. stocks, and
4: jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome to and Jacks. I'm Tom with Greg Peppers on the board. SP Futures down a quarter. Now we're on change. they are flipping around this flat line. We've got the GDP numbers coming out. NASDAQ uh, down 22. Uh, again, uh, IBM, well, the Dow's getting uh, taken in two directions here. Well, we got Boeing uh, down 348, uh, 210.65. We've got IBM up 1137. It was up 13, but it's still up a bunch. And we've got United Healthcare down 20. United Healthcare is uh, almost a 500-hour stock in the Dow, which is problematic when you've got a a price weighted index, but uh anyway, do we have Professor Dan? We do How are you, buddy? Good, how are you I'm doing all right uh, we're uh well th- Chicago's been like the moors. first we had ice, now we got rain, and now we are get more rain, but I guess the rain's better than the ice the other morning boy everybody's everybody was on their ass. It was bad just a just a just a skating rink the whole city basically, and cars and ditches and people on their butt it was uh, it was a tough morning.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the it's sort of like the market, right? So in uh, November and December, um, the North and the Northeast seem to be somewhat spared weather-wise, and and uh, and then all of a sudden you see you've seen a lot of volatility in the weather lost uh, in the month of January, and the same thing has happened in the stock market, right? Yeah. So we had a good good November and December, In January we've we've seen a lot more volatility. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, I. I, I spent time there with family for christmas in new england and and it's it's nice but it's also nice to leave and, and go come back to the warm weather
4: um you know what you could you can referee if you wish you can referee uh you know an argument that only brothers can have right uh my brother dan president of pti and uh, boy he does a great job for his clients and blah 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 and by the way he, he went out uh, our guys last week that were looking to put money to work dan we did uh Exactly as we, you said, we did half six month, half three month, and the bills and everybody yeah. was everybody was pretty happy with that. So uh, um, it's easier for us to do that than to try and do like a four, four and a half. But uh, but, it, but it you know it worked out fine. Everybody's happy in three months. We'll revisit on some of the guys and whatever. But we're having a, a little bit of a uh, disagreement regarding the, what the Fed is doing lately. And I you know as you know, you and I have talked about it. I'm much more of a, a, a monitor-as-money-supply dude, given my background in Chicago, than most anybody else is. doesn't make me right. It just means I'm more into it. Um, matter of fact, it probably frustrates the hell out of everybody, including you, that I'm that into it. But um, I see what, what uh, Paul did in November. I get sense in the body language and the language that he basically was not going to care about inflation for the next year. They want whatever it is. They always... Seem to want the, the economy. I'm not going to say they favor somebody over another, although you could, I suppose, but I'm going to say they really don't want the economy falling apart in election year. They don't want to fall apart anytime, yes. really, but they don't want an election year. Agreed. So I, I was really looking for them to totally abandon the inflation hunt or fight, of whatever you want to call it, and actually start putting money back in the system. And now, from, from uh, November, from October to November, they bumped the money supply up, you know, forty billion dollars. You know, eh, not 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 a big deal, just something I was looking at. Now, in the last month, it's up another, oh, it's up another ninety, uh, pushing hundred. Make make that ninety-eight. That's two months in a row, and and, and it's, it's it can't possibly be a coincidence that the market's gone nothing but straight up since those since, since the end of October basically. Right. I mean, there is no coincidence on this. You put money in the system, it finds its way in the market. It doesn't find your way into my pocket, my pocket, and your pocket as much as Paul and the rest of these goofballs tell you it does. Right. It doesn't. It, it, it goes right in. Fixed. It go right into value assets. All right. So my brother looks at this graph and he goes, "Still looks to me if you use the the four-year graph that we were, uh, you know, we, were, we pushed it way up and we're, we're trending down." I said, "But Dan, this is. You got to look at the. Le- we used to look at this every week." Now, you can't do that, although some people are still getting those numbers, which for us, the living bejesus out of me. It's not like they stopped calculating them, Dan, I don't think. But now, the last two months, this shows me that this year, and I'm not saying today or whatever, if you get a sell-off in this market, you probably got to be longing, even though these prices, on any individual stock is getting to the point where, I mean, I'm looking at Netflix, they're pushing 7 times revenue, 50 times earnings for a retailer. I mean, it's, right. Don't, it doesn't mean it won't, won't come up another hundred bucks. But it, I, somewhere here, Dan, the thing that I, that I want to catch you, though, not only to referee that debate between me and my bro, is I'm sensing something different here. That Even if these guys drop the short-term rates, they're not buying these long-term things and putting on their balance sheet like they used to. Right. The we, the we could see at end of the year four-and-a-half short-term, five-and-three-quarters, five six, ten year which is really more normal? We could see that, and if we do, I don't think the market's here. I don't think it's anywhere near here. Uh, if we, we're talking about five and three quarters, six long-term rates, so I think you know your idea of let's keep our our powder good in the short term and be ready to jump if we have to. Uh, anyway, long, long long story about telling you now. Get now, you get to talk. Get the referee and tell me where I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, no, no, I I actually agree, and I, and I think that is part of the reason for the rally that we've seen. Um, and some of the confidence that's come back into the market, and um, and you are right. If we we we, for, we have the fortune, <laughs> as people who've been in in the markets for a long time, to to know pe- long periods of time where rates were significantly higher, and and historical averages are probably you know we're in that range right now, and probably likely to remain in that range this year. I have never been in the camp of this this rate cut. Um, you know uh, 12 rate cuts and six rate cuts and all of that happening in 2024 I don't think that would be smart for um, for the economy or for the or for the markets and I don't think we're likely to see a lot of movement and again going back to your point about it being an election year I, I, I don't think this is a time that the Fed wants to uh, make any mistakes so they're gonna I think they're gonna continue to sit on the sidelines what's interesting since the end of the year as we were talking about the volatility we've noticed more volatility in the in the equity market even though the S&P is up I think two percent uh year to date it, it's happened with with a fair amount of volatility which we did not see in the last two months of last year and I think that just bodes well for our investment strategies going forward you know rates are likely to come down from here I don't think we're gonna see them much higher um, or go much go higher in, in 2024 I do think we'll see them go lower but at a slower pace so that's good news for for bonds I think it's good news for for protecting what you have right now that you've earned um, especially in the last few months of last year so I don't think this is the time to be making any major changes having certainly having liquidity in your portfolio is very important right now um, we were talking when you were asking about the yield curve, Interesting. And it's just a phenomenon that I've noticed over the past week. Is that the the highest yields now in the T bills are the one months. So we were we were seeing one month T bills at five sixty. When's the last time and, you ever
4: saw that? Like nineteen eighty one.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's just. It's really been a. It's it's. It, there's been a noticeable change. Still can get three month T bills for five and a half. So I think your strategy of doing the six and the three month makes sense. and and staying away from the volatility you're going to see by going longer in the in the bond market right now that just isn't it just isn't the time also staying a little more conservative even though I think the economic prospects are pretty favorable this year you know corporate bonds and we had talked you know for years we've been talking about high yield and corporate bonds and trying to pick up some yield in the market the spreads have tightened and credit is as still remains tight so I don't think there is many opportunities, and if you can get five and a half percent in a T bill, why go into a corporate or a high yield bond to get an extra hundred or 150 basis points? So, so I do think the strategy of keeping your, you know, keeping some um, powder dry this year makes makes sense, and and kind of will also help with the volatility. We're we're really trying to temper the volatility. This is a very good period for for being in in, in the strategies that we manage. I, um, I, don't, sorry, I don't have as much of an opinion on, on what we're going to see from the Fed. I will say with a large amount of certainty, we're not going to see anything next week. So uh, the 30th and 31st is their meeting. And then we have almost two months until the March meeting. And a lot can happen between January and March. But if you remember, um, Chief, last, last fall, we were hearing everybody say, oh, yeah, they're going to start cutting in March. Very unlikely to happen unless we see some huge changes or significant exogenous changes um, to our economy um, and and you know from what we can see right now i don't think that's going to happen i think it's gonna be quite a while before we see see any um, cuts
4: well i've been uh, as you know i've been since i was so involved in the inflation the last time i'll say the, in the eighties the the thing that's always been bizarre to me this time and it, i think it was i think it has to do and again uh, tell me if you think i'm nuts uh, I think it has to do with the Fed doing the two-step process. Yes. They they, they lowered the rates down on the short term to, like, next to nothing. Yet everybody knew the inflation rate was a lot higher. So, it, but the market could never actually act on that. Because, you know, when I, when I say this, back in the 80s, late 70s, when the inflation rate was 10%, you walked down the street to the bank, you got 12 and a half. Right. So, so a saver was never... Never, never had his money drained from him. Of course, if he put it in the market, the market went straight down. So that, that was not the place to be. But if you were in savings, or even in T bills or, or whatever, you never got hurt by the inflation. You were always positive on your on your money balances, on risk free stuff. Which now this time, that did not happen. I mean, if you have if you got a million dollars in the bank five years ago, you've got basically six hundred thousand now. Even though you've got the million in terms of buying power, which you did not get undressed like that. Back in the '70s and '80s, with cash, but now you did. And I think the reason what they what caused them to do it, uh, because I I was fighting this the whole way, you know. And I don't think we did as well as we should have. I I kept thinking the the best when when the TLT got to what 160 or some crap, uh, which is the 20-year bond ETF. uh, I don't think I've ever, other than walking into the business when the Dow was under 800 in in 1980, I never saw a more incredible trade in the world. You had to short this thing. Yet, if you did, how many times did it look like it was going down and rates going up and the Fed came in and just bought it and shoved you right where, where the sun don't shine? I mean, they they right. blew they blew up their balance sheet by $4 trillion doing that. And I got news for you. You and I are not fighting a $4 tr- trillion gorilla. But now, all of a sudden, they're letting the balance sheet drain off. At the same time, they're letting the money supply move up. So I think they're not going to fight that battle this time. To the extent, Which means... You probably want to the spread here, and again, I'm not going to do it for people, but uh, the spread here is probably go short the near term and long the the, the outs. Now, yeah. I'm saying that's a five year winner. That doesn't mean you're not going to get your ass kicked next month, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's the whole point that I started out with is just the volatility. Having you know seen an increase in volatility this year and I think that's likely to happen now the talking heads are telling you that some of that's also coming it's not just coming from the Fed some of its coming from from the pull you know the election this being an election year I tend to disagree and I and I get a hunch that you probably do as well because it really in our market you know in our world in the investment world as much as we want to think that the administration makes a huge difference it doesn't make a huge difference I mean it's certainly out there you know, during the Trump, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Is during the Trump administration, probably the most um, the 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 policy that that I think changed our market or helped our markets the most was the cut in corporate taxes and the pretty significant cut in the corporate tax rate. Now we saw the benefit, and I'll tell you, every CEO, every single CEO that we talked to, and we talked to quite a few, so that they saw the benefits of that as well. And so there well, were the, the
4: benefits to them. <laughs> To Not necessarily them. to right. you and Not me. Not necessarily to the whole world <laughs> yeah.
0: or to our economy, but to them specifically. So and just in terms of looking at the market, you know, there can be um policies that have a significant significant impact. But I go a little bit further, a little bit deeper with with my thought process. I'm thinking, you know, just again from having talked to a lot of people in our age group and the baby boomer age group who have accumulated all this wealth, who are retiring. Who are relocating, it seems like everybody's relocating to Florida, but but a lot of people who have, have been moving, they're passing that wealth on to the next generation. So just, it's just hard to see in this environment a recession coming anytime soon. It's hard to see that with all this money out there... Well, there won't be a recession, recession for morning, them. Yeah, it's it, right. It, it's certain people. I. I totally but look, at all the, look at all the layoffs
4: the last three weeks. There's a recession for
0: them. Haves and have-nots have expanded which is again kind of ironic with the current administration right to have seen that the, this dislocation in the and and you see it in certain parts of the country especially and and you know even in south florida where i used to live it's just it's extreme because a lot of new yorkers have come there and a lot of people from the northeast also hearing things you know this morning like the you know prices of properties in the hamptons just you know continuing to to oh, yeah. gain cars and, cars
4: and, are going up Yep. Yeah.
0: It just it's 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 really crazy. So so there's this um, there's this wealth effect, if you will, that has been accumulated by people in our age group over you know, in the baby boomer age group over the last few decades, and that's sort of the back that's the drumbeat that's going on that's I think gonna sustain the economy and sustain the markets. I'm not making a judgment call on it. It's just I think it just is what well, it is Dan, right what, now.
4: What we we just all the stuff we're saying, it could be succinctly I mean, it, 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 it goes to a pattern. When you say the wealth, when you or I were little tykes, wealth, wealth was made generally, not that people didn't have investments and not that people didn't buy buildings and all that stuff, uh, and, and companies, they did. Generally, wealth was, was gained by earning 100 hours a week and living on 80.
0: Work, and, and right. Pu-
4: and putting 20. Working the, hard. The, 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 what percentage of people now who have, I'm going to say, 10 million dollars that give to their kids, what percentage of that $10 dollars did they actually earn in salary, and didn't spend? I'm going to say virtually none of it.
0: That's yeah, that's, I would agree. It's a with whole that.
4: different ballgame, and it's not. And, and, and you mentioned something, and a, uh, as, as the com- as the country gets more and more, um, is- I won't say isolated, but split it seems, in diatribe. I just I really do wish that you know more people would maybe listen to the show, or listen, or, or read a little more, or do something. If you actually look at the reality of things, uh, you just mentioned it. I can't believe this is happening like in this gener, in this yeah. under this presidency. Well, just because somebody talks a good game doesn't mean that <laughs> that they're doing anything for anybody. Right. It's, it's like you have to have the, the, the right wingers. I run into tell me how how uh, this guy is is buried the oil industry. Yet we're, we're, we we are we reached another record production last month, right? I mean, we're not, we're, the, 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 the guys are anything but buried. They're doing better than they ever have. I mean, you right. you, know, you never want to let the facts get in the way of a good story. And I, and I you know I look at I look at at Trump and people say, well, he's you know he, 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 all he talks about is fighting the big the big people in the bureaucracy for the benefit of the little guy. Yet everything every time the guy saw a guy small enough that couldn't couldn't defend himself in court, he didn't pay him. That guy, right. that guy never did anything for the little guy. I mean who right. I mean, anybody anybody who thinks he cares about you if you're the little guy, I mean same thing with Biden. Is anybody does anybody right. think the people behind him care about you or me? I mean, Barack Obama did more, more for the upper
0: class than any, any president probably ever. Right. It's it that's and that's the irony, right? Of, yeah. of the, the political parties and especially how we view them in the investment world, which is very different than the way people in other industries, for example, would would view the you know the bipartisan system it's we have to stay we have to stay neutral and really just look at the facts and look at you know the the you know what's going on not only in our economy what what's going on the global economy and how that impacts the the financial markets Um, one thing that is interesting too as well as just the another sort of ironic um, uh, fact at this point is just that you know US oil production has actually increased more um, crude output has increased more during, um, you know, over the last couple of years, without question, kind of, and it's and it's a good thing when it comes to helping fight inflation. It's a good thing at the well, gas well, pump. It's well, to be fair, for, to
4: be fair, Dan, uh, it was trending up pretty quickly under the Trump administration yes, until COVID. It, yes, then it fell it's, off, and now it's not only back on the growth spike; it actually the number is actually higher. So we're up to what thirteen four a day, or some some huge number. Yes, and we're actually exporting
0: it. We're, the export, right? Exactly. So I think that a lot of the, you know, for people who are looking at their own personal investments and the listeners, be very careful to listen to the political rhetoric and let and, and really believe that that's going to impact your, 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 you know, your money and your and the assets that you've earned and that you've worked hard for over the years. Be really careful to to um, not draw that that conclusion that some of the talking heads have drawn over the years. Over the last couple of years, um, because I, I I don't believe um, I think we really have to look at the facts and look at reality and just look at what's happening around us and um, and and, and things aren't so bad right now. I think in terms of the terms of the economy and and um, I think the viewpoint also. You know, we have to say getting out of COVID. I'm not sure we're really totally out of it yet, but but moving past the the period of the pandemic now is there is some a little bit more optimism i think in general and that filters itself through the economy um as well one point i'll make that is is still something that i've been saying for years that's still a little bit one economic variable that i think we still have to pay attention to is what's going on the labor market and although you are as you said certain industries have been laying off that's likely to continue to happen um there's also this shift again the post-pandemic shift from remote work to get back in the office. And I know people who, you know, younger people who have done well and have enjoyed the flexibility of the hybrid workplace or or that that are actually leaving their jobs because they don't want to, you know, have to go back into the office. They weren't raised with going into the office. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, yeah. be,
4: that's a zero-sum game. It, it's,
0: it is a zero-sum game, exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's It's not necessarily um you know there are there are going to be more opportunities and and so i think in that area i think in the in the labor area we're coming back into a better balance than we were in a few years ago so i'm very favorable i think on the economy um you know in two twenty two thousand twenty four 2024 and and i think that it's not just because of the move or the change or i don't like to use the word pivot if i can keep that out of my vocabulary (laughs) i'd really like to keep that word out of the vocabulary but but the Fed's, you know, change in stance, if you will, in November, I think um, I agree with you going back to your original comment that that does impact our markets. That is what the, a lot of investment managers are looking at right now. That's the main thing is is just watching um, the Fed and watching anything that happens um, in 2024 that's going to impact the financial markets. Well,
4: I the two things that I look on the, on the horizon, and like you say, the, the younger people that have never seen it, if... The Fed's doing what they're doing, and we go back to, a, I'm not talking about a 12% inflation, but if we go back to 4 or 5, and there is some return to, like, you know, when you lend somebody more some money, you're actually supposed to get paid for it, if, if that happens, we're talking about a 7.5% 10-year rate, there's no way. These stocks are valued here. If the ten-year rate seven half percent, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't care what, who comes down from Alpha Centauri and does something. That's not going to happen. We're, we're talking about potentially, you know, a fifty percent cut in, in, the, in the market here, which I, boy, I sure as hell don't want to see for my people or anybody. But I mean, the, the, the risk at the prices of some of these stocks are now, now. There are also some I think that are actually fairly cheap. Man, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, I don't go to them on the air, but some of the dividend stocks and stuff they've been getting pummeled and uh and i don't know that they're not some buys here but they're it's but i see some retailers at you know seven times revenue and 50 times earnings i'm going mm-hmm. i mean how the hell are they going to double they're a little too big to double
0: i i absolutely agree and i think especially it's especially in the tech sector especially in the magnificent seven yeah area. i think those those are the ones who are going to be the most greatly impacted by you know if we do if we were to see an increase um in inflation and rates i'm not sure that's going to happen i i i I don't necessarily i'm a little more optimistic on that front i do think and that's why i mentioned the the labor issue that i think some things are working themselves out or the or the crude oil um there are some positive things going on in the economy but that's only when we look here in the u.s and i think once we start looking overseas it seems as if we've got a little wall you know, mentally, we've got a little wall about what's going on overseas. Um, it depends on the day of the week when, when you hear the press talking about what's going on in the Middle East or, or the Ukraine. It's But those, to us now, seem like less important issues and, and sort of more focusing on what's going on here. And it, to me, it does look favorable in the in the year ahead. Well, how much, um, Dan,
4: you mentioned it earlier. Sorry, Rob. You mentioned earlier that the, the people, and, and Lou was talking about it, that the, that the... That the higher ups think everybody's like them and everything's going to be okay. Yes. I don't know how much more you can you can you can uh, if, if the inflation goes back to four or five percent a year. I don't see how. And, and now we're talking about a seven-year period where prices are up fifty percent, say, and that's probably being charitable. And people's salaries are up twenty-two. I don't know how much more you can get out of your population. At Some point, as the Irish say. You can't get any more blood out of the turnip. I mean, right. I don't know how, how much further you can go. And last week we I raised the part about the, you know, the the Trump tax thing uh, did enough that the estimates on how much it would cost were probably, you know, one one-hundredth of what they turned out to be. And, right. and some contributors to the show said, well, gee, they cut the, uh, st- they made the standard deduction bigger, so they actually helped the middle class. But, you know, when you when you put inflation on top of stuff, Dan, and I know I drive this more than most. I shouldn't, you know. I don't know why. Maybe people not want to listen, but you talk about the the ten thousand dollar part that he vindictively put through for for the blue states, essentially because they pay high property taxes. But you're going to deduct ten thousand right. in, in taxes. Well, well, if you buy a hundred thousand dollar Jeep, what the bleep do you think your tax is? It's nine right. grand in Chicago. Right. Right. So we're talking about <laughs> every man. If he goes out and actually signs himself up for ten years of payments, if he's if he's paying ten year in pro- ten grand of property taxes, the, and 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 you got other taxes around, you got sales taxes, everything else. Now all of a sudden, you, you can't deduct half of that. Now I mean, you can't tell me you didn't hurt that guy.
0: Right. Yeah. No. It, and that's where a lot of the wealth is too. Right. Yeah. If you think about, um, you know, Illinois, the Northeast, uh, the West Coast. So that's yeah, absolutely that's not that is that isn't a good move. But I mean um, a
4: regular blue collar guy right now going in and buying a Chevy pickup is paying seventy grand. The tax on that is what? Six hundred sixty three hundred bucks. Right. Well they just want your deduction on your and your uh but I, mean, I remember yeah. back in the day if you made the boy back in Reagan's time when I used to do taxes for people, you'd have a big you'd have a tax table, remember those? Where they'd say, Okay, you yeah. made you made twenty grand you yeah, can you absolutely. can take off if you itemize. You can take off a thousand dollars or eight hundred dollars in, in sales tax. But oh, by the way, if you bought anything big, you know, like furniture or, or a car, you could add that to it. You can't do that
0: anymore. Now a lot of the a lot of the breaks that we've had, you know, those have gradually declined over the years. Um, you know, running a business, we still have some some breaks, and really, again, that's some of it's state dependent um, where you're based. But but I agree with you that a lot of that is. Uh, uh, and one thing, kind of, the point that I was thinking as you were de- describing that is just watching more clients, for example, taking more money out of you know IRAs to to make uh, purchases. Um, and, and we have discussed this before, and I do think this is a trend that, you know, what how much you know it, how much can you retire on? Like, what's the the amount now that you can retire on? And you're making a good point when we talk about these breaks that we've had in the past that are no longer there, including. Um, in certain states, clients that I have in California who you know, sold houses and had huge capital gains um, taxes after they retired that they had to deal with, there was a time when seniors didn't have to pay that. So so we're in an environment that's, that's different and how much does it take to retire comfortably, I think a lot has to depend on what people plan to do in retirement and whether they want to pass any of their legacy on um, to either children or to the next generation. Um, so there's, but I will agree with you that it is tougher in that respect, even at the higher level, you know, people who are, or let's just say middle class, which is what I what I think is now how most of these people were defined, people that work their whole lives that have this money. There are more challenges financially and less breaks than what we've had in the past, and it's just an interesting trend, and hopefully this doesn't... Um, uh, get out of control. In other words, you know, I'm, I'm seeing more, more people taking money out of IRAs than I would have, ex- well, Dan, would I, have expected.
4: I heard, uh, speaking of which, I heard I, you know, I shouldn't even really say this because I didn't, I didn't think through the numbers, but I heard it on the radio the other day. I was driving around about four times that the increases in credit card debt at banks last month uh, were higher than the increases in deposits. Could that possibly be true?
0: I, yeah, (laughs) I would, I would agree. Yeah. I I would never, as much as I know credit card debt was
4: going up, I would, I would never have thought it, it, it went past deposits.
0: Yeah. I, I, that has been the trend of concern. And they, you know, if you want to call it a credit crunch or a credit um, concern, absolutely. And that's also kind of going on in the background that we have to be, we have to be mindful of because, that's the way people are uh, are able to afford things now. Or um, the other thing, and, and I would again, this is sort of my personal advice. having been a bond manager, and, and just maybe being a little more conservative, and, you know, financially, a, a lot of seeing a lot of people who still have mortgages well into retirement, and and yeah. just the I don't think that would have happened years ago. No, no, our no parents way. Parents generation, there was a, there was a plan to pay off that mortgage. My, my parents were there
4: was no no way they were going past 65 with a mortgage. My mom once in a while would. Work part time, and when she did, the money went right to the mortgage.
0: Yep, that's exactly my same with my parents. Exact same thing. So it's, but I think that is changing now, and, and I think the credit issue is is going to continue to be one, and and you do hear that. It is one thing I do agree with that has been a constant. Um, you know, it's been in the background again that we have to pay attention to is that this um, you know this increase in in credit card debt and um, is could be potentially destructive or could be a well, potential problem next week
4: dan we we have some time uh well just, we can, let's talk through you know, greg why don't you write this down take a take a note there mr producer uh sure i, I think you know if, if all of a sudden you know you've got the i'm not saying you've got or anything but you got the nice house somewhere you and the wife work and uh one of you gets laid off i don't know that most people u.s economy grew at 3.3 pace in the fourth quarter much better than expected i'm going to say bs to that and if you what do you suppose the pc is like one or something
0: i i agree with you on that i, I think that number is yeah that's inflated
4: <laughs> i'm going to say the pc is one it should be probably four anyway what i'm saying yeah. is what what I, I wouldn't be the guy i mean hopefully there's some money in the bank and so forth but you know any people that have the couple of cars and driving the kids. A, Softball practice or soccer practice, and I'm using my own stuff. All, there, there, there's a those people have been hurt inflation wise probably worse than than the lower classes in a lot of ways.
0: Yes, I'm on giving, a percentage and, and, basis, I would agree with you absolutely. But I mean, if, if if I got
4: laid off or the wife got laid off, I don't know that I would the next day pull kids out of school if they're in private school or someplace immediately put the house up. To, you you, we all think this is America after all, and. And uh that in six months I'll find something better, I'll find something equivalent or, or four months or three months. And I think a lot of people would probably pick up some credit card debt in there with the hopes of okay, when I get a job, the first thing I do is pay it down. But it, and it, or but then but now all of a sudden if you get a, a medical problem in there or something else yeah, right. where we where, where now your credit card is now twenty grand when it was two grand, I think you got a problem that's gonna be a, a multi year problem. I mean I think I, that's what's happening
0: absolutely agree with you when those unexpected you know in you doing your personal budget you've got you've got to you've got to consider things like health care costs I, I just had a root canal done yesterday the first one ever at the age of 63 and, Good and for you um, on that yeah it's not all covered yeah it's not all covered by insurance so there are there, there are unexpected costs that need to be considered and that is also the reason that i've seen a lot of people taking money out of um IRA accounts that normally wouldn't have you know prior to retirement or prior to retirement age at least you know maybe between 62 and say 65 or 67 taking more money out for things like taxes for things like you know, um, you know healthcare expenses that went beyond what what was covered so um, yeah so those are things definitely to consider
4: alright Dan we got a dash buddy SP Futures up 11 on this GDP number and SB Futures up 58 so we like the number uh, we'll dig through the detail in a minute be right back Stacks and Jacks
6: at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks.
1: Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. You
4: are out of control. Right here.
1: Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Hello, everyone.
4: Right. Welcome back stocks and Jocks. Time to out. Uh, Greg Pappas on the board. I'm trying to find... a. Uh, uh, maybe we can track it down after we're doing traffic weather sports, but I'm trying to find what the deflator was here. Right now I can't find it. I'm sure it's some pie in the sky number. SP Futures up 1375. NASA Futures up 65. They're liking these numbers. Uh, IBM is up 1172. Like I said, we got Salesforce uh, down 21. So those are, I mean, uh, not Salesforce, United Health down 21. So those are things pulling the Dow in different directions because the Dow's actually down a little bit. Uh, over in Europe, we've got the. Uh, uh, the ECB held rates steady, but it's got the DAX down 79, that's 0.5%. The FTSE down 13.2%, around down 324 so they don't, I guess they were hoping for a, an increase there, or, or a decrease. Nikkei down 9 points, call that flat. Hang Seng up 312, back over 16,000, 16211, that's 2%. Shanghai up 85, that's 3%, 29.06, as China's bound and determined to pour $500 billion into the market, so the markets are going up, duh. Uh, Dow Jones just day down ninety nine, S and P up three, Nasdaq up fifty five, so kind of a mixed bag. Uh, bonds, down three basis points, four point one five. The bond unchanged, two point three three. Japan up three basis points, 0.75. Oil, well, I've been creeping up here pretty steadily at point eighty nine, eighty nine cents, seventy five ninety eight. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it broke out of that range of like seventy one to seventy four as it's almost seventy six. Rent up eighty five cents, eighty ninety two. Natural gas up fourteen cents. 278. Arbob up two cents. 223. Uh, gold, slight rally up 80. Very slight up 80 cents. 2016. Silver up eight cents. 22.96. Copper unchanged 387. We have Bitcoin up a $1 buck 97. 197. At uh, 39,888, tr- trying to get back to uh, 40,000. And we have the U.S. dollar and these numbers uh, down just a little bit. With the euro up to 1.089 and the, the British pound up to 1.273. A lot of stuff there, Greg. What do you got for us traffic weather sports as I try and find this deflator here?
1: Morning, everyone. 7.37 here in Chicago. 36 degrees now. Damp and cold. Uh, 40 today, cloudy with more fog. Phoenix is 52 right now. 64 for the rest of the day. Partly cloudy. Traffic. Inbound Kennedy from Montrose, 23 minutes. From Lake Cook, 46 minutes. Eisenhower from Wolf, 48 minutes. 95th to the interchange on the Rhine, 28 minutes. In inbound Stevenson from 294 to the Rhine is 44 minutes Suns beat the Mavs that was in Dallas 132 to 109 Hawks lose to the Kraken that was two to six and NCAA we have North Northwestern beating number 10 Illinois um, that was at Welsh Rhine, so ninety one ninety six there Marquette loses at or Marquette wins at DePaul 86 73 and the big news Harbaugh hired in LA He's leaving Michigan. So I got you. I think he's
4: supposed to take a couple of assistants, but the one guy got promoted, right?
1: I don't know which one.
4: The, the one guy who was there when he was had a suspension, I think, got the job. Why don't you check that? I think he did. Counter Stallions? Yeah, yeah. I think, they, they, I, think I heard that this morning on the way in. Um, so, yeah. Do um, we have Professor Flanagan?
5: You do indeed. Good morning.
4: Um, the numbers just keep coming. Everything is great, Dan. Yeah. I can't, I can't find this deflator number anywhere. I'm looking all over for it now. Maybe Greg will have a better look. Uh, they usually don't give it to, that to you right away. They want things to run up 1st not saying, you know, these guys are that sinister, but, but I think they are. Uh, anyway, that's all that all. So what's up with you? Anything good?
5: Well, just sort of, you know, processing the stuff from Tuesday and New Hampshire and what's going on in Arizona with Carrie Lake and just... Uh, sort of a sea change that I can kind of pick up on in the way the 2024 election may play out and I think it's after, you know, an onslaught for the last eight or nine years of, you know, hysteria about, you know, what's going on in the Republican Party with Trump, um, I detect a coolness now or a ratcheting down of rhetoric, which I didn't expect. But I'm, I'm kind of gratified to see this, you know the pendulum has to swing back at some point I guess. But
4: I uh i you know I'm I know it's been a long time. This is what he was shot in '68, Bobby Kennedy. I don't you know I don't you know, I don't know that much about Nikki Haley. But if you think that you're could be a factor, the idea that whoever these people are forcing you out of, you know, don't take this wrong. Two podunk things like Iowa and New Hampshire, and you're supposed to get out unless the rest of the country. Uh, I, if I'm her, and I think this guy's losing it, which looks like he has been. He's almost as bad as Biden the last few. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you don't stay in there for a while just to see if anything turns. I mean, what did Bobby Kennedy? He, he realized that the race was be, was was a was a bleep storm, right? And he, and he went in, in California, and that was in what June or something. Or, or May, when, when it was late. Yeah,
5: well, you know, LBJ had dropped out at the end of March that year. So that threw a monkey wrench late in the game. I mean, imagine if, if Biden were to say in March, March, the end of March this year, that he wasn't going to be running for whatever reason. And if, what that would do to the, the selection process that unfolded after March, it would be equally tumultuous. Well, that's what I'm saying.
4: I, they're, they're, with the the two people we have running, this is not. I mean, I everybody knows I'm not for either one. If if we're only friggin' January, in in March, if, if if Biden forgets his own name, or Trump says something that he's very capable, how stupid he is about but not knowing some some war is even going on or anything, and all of a sudden somebody goes, "Wait a minute, who's who's next month? Uh, Illinois, Texas? I'm gonna I'm gonna try and run, and, and if they win, I." More power to him, as far as I'm concerned. It shouldn't be over in January, I don't care who it is, unless it's well, it should, you know, it's it should Solomon be over.
5: If, it should be over if Haley's support, as seems pretty clear, is coming from Democrats and, and, and with deep pockets. And this is one of the reasons why it's good if you can wrap up the selection process earlier rather than later, just to save on the money that's spent in but, having but the save
4: campaign. On the, save on the money for who? I mean. This is for the for the race in November. I know what I'm saying. You you and I have common friends that are um, I don't know about now, but have have been a part of the political process in Chicago, right? And it and everybody who thinks for a second that it's oh God, I like this guy, I like this lady, I like something, something. It, the money follows whoever they think might have a chance of winning, because you or,
5: or, or who you can subvert with your money, Yeah. That's, that's Cook County
4: politics. Okay, right? but but my my point is, if if there's three or four people that might win for mayor, if if you're some huge law firm, you're contributing to all four, because the last thing that happens is you to not give dough to the person who won. Right, that, you're that's,
5: looking for what happens. Whoever gets elected. And, and it's and, and you're the, you're you're the happy
4: you're the happiest person on earth, if you send them all a check for twenty five grand, and three days later three of them drop out, and that's it. It only costs you hundred grand. That's, that's not my idea, though, of getting the right person. And th- their motivation is just different than somebody who might actually want to see the best person in there. Their motivation is, is what if, what if one of our best buddies said one day, ah, the price of politics is going up, there's another candidate. <laughs> okay, they, they didn't care who the hell the mayor ended up being. I mean, if they happened to be somebody they liked, oh, you know, great. But it doesn't matter. If Mickey Demop was in there, you better have access to Mickey Demop. Right.
5: Well, I think that the reason Haley has got so-called bipartisan support is because the Democrats who will maybe have to dump or ju- jump ship from Biden at some point know that they can control her just the way they control Biden. I'm
4: not. I'm, make, really I'm not. making my point very well as usual. If I don't think it'll happen, if if she stays in there, These are all big ifs, and all, I don't even know when the next the next one is. Kentucky, say, and all of a sudden. You know, Trump makes a, more of a fool of himself on some stage somewhere. And all of a sudden, she wins Kentucky. All of a sudden, everybody's going to, oh, my God, this lady might actually get in there. It, as of now, I'm, I'm on the don't like her list. I've got to get on the like her list because I want the same influence. Should she get in there, I'm going to have with Trump or Biden. Right? It, it's already it's,
5: influenced, Tom. It isn't like they're getting anything they don't already
4: have. <laughs> I'm saying that right now, this, the smart money is giving the dough to Trump if there's a whiff that she might win the smart money is going to cut it in half
5: there's still a huge faction that cannot abide Trump period and right. on both sides of the aisle, it doesn't yeah. know, I'm not making any distinction here but and I'm saying that just like what the democrats did in New Hampshire to t- twist the results and make it look like it was an an non um, you know nothingburger but for he, he's a he, the, the, one,
4: the one, thing one thing you don't want one thing you don't want Jan is if you know if PTI was was Merrill Lynch the last thing I would want is that guy, the vindictive suck that he is. The last thing I'd want is for is, is to get him get in an office, and I have some huge bank or securities firm, and I'm not part of his team. At least not saying bad about him. Look look at the people in Davos. Oh, he's going to get in. It's okay.'ll everything will be fine. Nobody wants to come out of Davos saying if Trump gets in, it's going to be a bleep storm. You don't want that. you don't want that what if he gets in? You don't want that? That's not the well, way they, politics ought to be, but... This
5: is what I'm saying. They realize now they have to do business with it. Yeah. That's, and that's a good thing, to get them off of their high horse. I will bet you. Brent, I want that world economic forum thinking that they can run things.
4: I'll bet Brendan Johnson got contributions of people who can't stand the guy.
5: Well, if you think about politics and the money behind it as a way of achieving... An election profile that suits you, or that gives your real, you know, darling, a chance of winning, um, you know, that's a, a corruption of the election process. Because once again, money and not the quality of the candidates or their campaigning abilities was, you know, rocking the boat here. Well, and what you know, Pritzker did with with the gubernatorial race, what happened in New Hampshire on Tuesday, or what they attempted to bring off, with all the money thrown at. Ben Haley and the idea that she's still got a chance as a Republican—I don't buy it. Well, she does,
4: I mean, have, it's all she does have—it's she does. She does have a chance because he has a chance of self-destructing, and she only, the only one left. Not,
5: not if you're looking if it weren't Democrats, you know, putting their fingers I, on the
4: scale. I, I, what, what is? I mean, I don't know how much money it costs to run in New Hampshire, but I mean,
5: well, look at look at the
4: support she got from
5: from Republicans,
4: Tom. Well, you you had to be a twenty
5: percent, right? I mean. That's registered Republicans. Jan, you had to be registered that day. You the be, only way you make her look good is by throwing money at her. That I, has nothing to do with her party affiliation. Is to twist the it's, results it's, and to diminish Trump's size. Well, you, you, you don't. You, you
4: don't. You don't. even talk to all these people. You don't know why they're sending the money. Why? Why? Why would somebody give money to Clinton early? They can't
5: stand Trump. Tom. Well, okay. Well, that's like a That's
4: a reason what I'm saying. Well, well, why, why does that twist it has the... Pr- nothing
5: to do with, it has nothing to do with Haley being any good, believe me. Well, I, I, it's only, only that she represents somebody that they can control better than they can control Trump should they, either one get in the White House, and they're putting their money on her because they can't stand the alternative.
4: Well, I'm saying, I, it, it, back in whatever year was it was, what year was it? What year did Clinton first run? Was it, 92? Yeah. I mean, name me anybody. For, the, for those who are, as we're talking about politics here and how the in Chicago, I think the listeners, I think, need to understand. I'm going to say this is a, a truth, giant. Uh, if people start running, supporting somebody early, a thousand dollars early is worth a hundred thousand late, right? Well, nobody else. Or gonna I mean, re-
5: as, re- as you gave in the example with, with Paul Vallis, if you give early, you're going to end up having to give more to stay on their good side if it looks like they have any. Okay, right. but I'm
4: saying you, you. You can get on. You can get on there. You can get their phone number on your cell for a thousand dollars a year before it's going to cost you a hundred to get that phone number. When when he's already, if he's leading in the polls, right. Right. So I mean, what do what do you suppose it cost to get on, on percentage terms, to support Clinton early on when he wasn't even the most favored Democrat in a group that nobody could possibly beat Bush? You could have got. Influence with that guy for fifty bucks, for God's sake. Then, 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 all of a sudden, when he's in office, what does that cost? Two mil.
5: Yeah. Well, that that shows just how you know quickly and precipitously was was Bush's collapse in his campaign. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember. A more well, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to
4: say, Trump has and Biden. Have a much greater chance of collapsing than than he did, and look what happened to him. Well, that will, we'll wait and
5: see what happens, but it, you know, nobody was putting money on that happening, right. then, And I don't know if you should put money he, on it now either. But he, but he was we'll, he, we'll see how it plays out.
4: He, but. he was at least capable of getting through a speech without falling or whatever, Who, right? Bush, yeah, Bush well, won. I mean, well, health wise, he was fine. I mean, there was no none of the the guy can't the guy can't talk kind of stuff going on with him. He said some of the wrong things. I, I was better you know, better off he would, didn't talk, but but Clinton yeah, was also well, a way better campaigner. Even when,
5: even when he was glib, he didn't say very much, you know. That, well, you
4: know, that's he was that kind of but I mean but Clinton ended up being a much better campaigner than people thought.
5: Well he was he was, you know, pretty much half the age too. I mean that yeah. was Clinton's, Clinton's you know place in the sun that time, and yeah, you know, everything worked in his favor.
4: I uh, still think he ran on the other side. I still think he ran with the absolute knowledge. It was a trial run for the for the next election that he would win going away the next time, and he was stunned that he won that time. I, in my opinion, well, I'll never be able to yeah, ask. Well, it was a, there
5: was a long game plan for him, too, though. That I mean, he no sooner got in there than he, you know, pr- pretty much spurned everything he had run on, just like Obama did when he got in. We got NAFTA, and we got you know, the tough on crime stuff. None of this stuff did his supporters really want to admit they were for, and all of a sudden, this is who you know, Clinton's become, and it worked for him, and it got him support, and it got him re-elected again. I but it wasn't what he ran on in 92 at all, any more than what Obama ended up doing, you know, eventually was what he ran on in 2008.
4: Well, I think it's in well, somewhere people in... People
5: transplants early in their administrations and left their, their early supporters high and dry as, as they thumbed their nose at them, really.
4: Well, somewhere in Nikki Haley's mind, it's got to be, if I hang in there and do anything, if I even turn it up a little bit... I'm the odds-on favorite in 2024.
5: That's that's what that's what her supporters want to tell me. not anything she's chosen or has any control over? Believe me.
4: Well, but a lot can happen in four it's years. Not that that's That kind
5: what... of a person. I don't. I, if she stays in the race, it won't be because she wants to. It's because she has to.
4: Well, I you know I don't I don't. How does anybody know that much about her? I, I don't. I mean I, I, I haven't. What's to, what's to know? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't. She has she she has way more of a public track record than than uh. Than, than Trump, or even in Biden, you sat in oh, the Senate how, and did oh, nothing. Oh, come on, Tom. Come on. Well, she was an a has...
5: ambassador and a governor of a state where she was kind of an, an anomaly and somehow you know managed to get a foot in the state house, but, but Trump had a career in real estate and politics and everything else long before politics. any kind of brains here. So. Politics. I mean, you have to deal with politics. You to, if you get absc- any building built in New York City, you have to know New York politics a lot better than I do. And he built a few. Well oh, so. the the money he saved. i it's, it's a skill set that Haley has absolutely nothing to compare.
4: Well, to, so. I don't. I don't have a skill set of doing that either. It doesn't make me bad. I don't think.
5: Right, well, I, that's why I'm not running for president.
4: Let's <laughs> see how. Now he had Robin Hood. Remember him? He he took from the rich and gave to the poor. And Trump stiffed the workers in his place and gave the money to the politicians to put the building up. Now is that is that the anti Robin Hood? What is that? I bet a
5: lot of those people of those people you claim he stiffed on, I bet they're voting for him.
4: No, if I tell saying, you what, if, if they are, I I I really I really have to question well, the school system in this country. I,
5: I will say, it wouldn't surprise me if they were because look at the alternative.
4: I I I don't I don't disagree on that. I mean, uh, but
5: I. So it's always and, and if this or that phenomenon, and you always, you know, How many elections can I say I voted in where I didn't hold my nose as I cast my ballot? in some way or another the or last whatever per- misgivings I had it's always a crapshoot it's like what, what Thoreau said it's just a, you know a very pristine form of gambling and you don't really have any skin in the game when it comes down to it the,
4: the last person I voted for figure. I actually wanted to vote for was Jerry Ford I actually liked him I thought uh, he did a nice chef.
5: I didn't trust him after the Warren Commission and a lot of other stuff, so I wouldn't have voted for him necessarily, but I think he looks good by comparison to a lot of people today. Well,
4: probably. Okay, here we are. You, you mentioned the Warren Commission. This is not we don't want to go off on this topic. I want to talk more about these GDP numbers while we're in a few minutes, but what is it that every single guy says when he's going to get in office, the first thing he's going to do is release all the, the notes on the Kennedy assassination and the minute he looks at him, he says, I can't do it. What the hell's in there? Whose name is in there? Trump didn't even well, do it. Well, it would
5: bring down the government clearly, Tom.
4: Trump didn't it's even like, do it's, it. It's like
5: the third secret of Fatima. you know. And finally they made some attempt to say what the secret was really about, because they knew if, if they really said what it, it actually had down the way it was dictated, it would cause such a convulsion that, that the Catholic Church would never recover from it. It's the same with the, with the facts surrounding the Kennedy assassination. Who is being protected by keeping this stuff secret? Now it's the government. It is isn't any of the family members. The family I, the
4: I, I would, if I had a, if I was a betting man, and I'm not really, except if I'm in Vegas, I might be throw on a football game. Um, I'm going to say it has to be the head of the CIA,
5: and not just the CIA,
4: but somebody identifiable as a government figure. If people still remember the name. Otherwise, who the hell even remembers the names of these people? Well, well, would, what percentage of the population countries. was even alive back then?
5: It would be other countries, Tom, with people who had you know, an agenda that would be damaging to relations today if it were found out, let alone the, the, the parties themselves. You know, the, the hierarchy of the democracy. Why, why, would it, why would it
4: make any difference to France or Britain other than being appalled by it if the head of the CIA was involved in it? Or Johnson? I mean, it's okay. so so far water under the dam. Why why would that affect any stuff we're doing worldwide right now, other than people in America just being maybe more more heads up going on with what their government's capable of doing? Well,
2: if,
5: if that may be true, but then why don't we know more about it than we do? It's because the damage is still so well, I mean, potentially
4: big. What, what did Wayne Matson used to say? You couldn't get anybody to declassify the lunch menu. I mean, in NSA. I mean, people think that they're the only people that get these have these secrets. I mean, how, how many people do you think get in government after, after four days? Uh, you get in there, one of us made, made it to be a representative in four days, are we going to be in, indoctrinated by These are secrets. I can't tell anybody else. Wait a minute, you are somebody else. <laughs> You've been here four days. What makes you different now? But that's not the way they think, obviously. Everything's a secret. You're, you're, you're somebody special. The first thing, my first board meeting at the CBOE, all you did was because two of us ran from outside the board, outs, outside the nominating process. Sorry, because we weren't nominated. And we won. The first meeting, all it was was about how it's, stuff is talked about in that room, it's got to stay in that room, and how it was so important because we do things that nobody else should know about it, and that's why we got this job. And I walk out, I and the other guy's name was Merrill Ferguson. I go, Merrill, were they talking about us? And he goes, I think so. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't one day, John, before it was, you have no idea how collegial this group is and how much we... We can't let other people know what's going on in here. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a member-owned organization, for God's sake. But they didn't. I mean, I mean, if it's bad there, I can only imagine what it's like in Washington.
5: Well, I think Tom, if it, uh, any, you know, if all the stuff pertinent to the Kennedy assassinations, you know, those leaves pl- plural, and the King assassination, and lots of other attempted assassinations, the Wallace attempted assassination too, if any of that stuff is ever fully declassified, uh, the the Potential for so many agencies, not just the CIA, but the FBI, the military, state governments, the Secret Service, the Treasury Department—all all these things will be well. May, maybe they need a may,
4: Maybe they need a good house cleaning.
2: Well, of course, this is, what,
5: this is why everybody says we, we should know the extent of the damage so that we can figure out how to fix right. it. Right. But I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. It hasn't happened yet. Well, that's why, makes I, me think as I say, every, there's, there's every such sensitivity about it, Tom. We can't be trusted to know. Well,
4: I, it's why I, I say every week is my, my conflict on this. I w- I w- the, the Trump phenomenon, somebody from allegedly the outside, who's kind of fearless and is, and, and is going to kick ass, I would be all over that person to be, to be somebody there for a while. If he had the ability to get good people around him, to talk people into thinking his way was the right way, if, if he could do all that stuff and actually had a brain cell working in terms of Uh, You know economics, law, yet the the Trump phenomenon just doesn't match the guy. It's it's like one of my well, the lady, my friend who died a few weeks ago, her brother was uh, a a resident at one of the uh, uh, hospitals here. He's an orthopedic resident way back in the day, and the hospital was famous for some. I won't name the guy's name. Some sort of shoulder surgery that somebody invented, and he goes it revolutionized. Shoulder surgery. Yet he said, "You don't want that guy cutting on you." <laughs> he, the, his, he was his, his theory was brilliant, but you wouldn't let that guy take out your appendix, <laughs> let alone operate on your shoulder. So I mean, yes, the Trump phenomenon. We need it, I think, but not him. I mean, I wish I can't imagine. I thought maybe Elliot Spitzer could have been the guy, and they 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 denuded him. I mean, somebody has to come in there with, with a little bit of a club. I get that, but I, you know, well, I,
5: I just I measure Trump according to the way he's been treated by his opposition, and whether he's the person who you would trust to do all the things that you hope somebody could eventually do. He clearly has been perceived by the, the parties on the other side as the most dangerous thing to confront. Them ever, and this this to me confirms whether you like Trump or not, he's enough of a threat. Oh, to oh right. but, like, but here's here's my maybe maybe he deserves a second chance.
4: One of my no, no, but one of my one of my best friends at the time got booted off the CBOE board. All right, and he got booted off for some half-ass reason, and it and it was an abomination. But the dude had raised holy hell the year before about salaries of the executives. And when you do that, you you have to say to yourself, from this day forward and even behind, I got to be purer than Pharaoh's wife. Elliot Spitzer knew people was after him, yet he couldn't stop bringing hookers across state lines. You, you can't do that, John. If if you're going to go down this road, you better be purer than Pharaoh's wife. And and these guys Tom, can't if do If it, it hadn't
5: been hookers, you could be sure it would have been something else. Well, invented if need be. So.
4: Well, but 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 he he gave it to him easy. Right, you can't do that.
5: Well, well maybe that's why it's, it's a good thing we don't have zippers. But I, mean, I don't but, know. But but Gary Hart. I'm I'm saying I'm saying they they, they threw everything that they hoped would stick against Trump. And okay, I you,
4: you can't you can't. I mean Gary Hart could have kept his zipper zipped, right?
5: Well, that was a complete setup by.
4: I, what I'm saying it is, he, 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 it, it, did, it, no? it, it would it wouldn't to you or me because we wouldn't have been there. I'm saying you have to be aware of what you're doing and the people, what your enemies are capable of.
5: Tom, bu- Gary Hart had a, a woman thrust onto his lap and a, a shutter was snapped on a camera and that finished his career. He didn't ask that woman to do anything. He didn't even know who she was. And all of a sudden, it's his problem. That was Leo, Lee Atwater's Modus operandi in a nutshell. Well, all it takes is one photograph. You don't have to know that there was no backstory to it whatsoever.
4: Well, I, I, I'm I saying know, it
5: took how many years after?
4: My you know. point is, you have to know what your enemies are capable of. That's that's why you and I aren't in the game. I don't want to do that. Anyway, S&P futures up 17. We love these numbers. Uh, Nasdaq up 86. giant, good stuff. Maybe, maybe I'll see you yep. one of these days. By the way, I didn't see you last night, the normal lawyers' night. You weren't around. I kept looking for you. I'll
5: get my bed,
4: Tom. Okay. Oh, All right. I, I, 8
5: o'clock comes around, Tom. I'm finished.
4: Damn. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right. Back tomorrow. On that note, back tomorrow Stocks and Jocks.
6: Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.